pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I haven't enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, and enjoy the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Draft Rugby Show, where we discuss fantasy rugby, the game they play online in heaven. Evidently, I still haven't taken the sound bite from Nick McArdle to make it sound far better than when I introduce us. Nelson, welcome to the Draft Rugby Show for another show. This is our third in, what, 10 days or something like that now? How are you going? Yeah, this, this is, mate, this is fatiguing. It's, it's definitely tougher than it is for the Wallabies. That's enough out of you. And Kagi, uh, are you going to complain less? Definitely. Uh, but I think we needed to get rest days. You know, the Wallabies didn't. We needed some. So there you go. For those watching on YouTube, you can see that Nelson is very literally fading away. He's ba- well, I can barely see him through his camera tonight. Anyway, guys, before we get on to, obviously, the topic uh, at hand, the French and Australia series or Wallaby series, let's quickly talk about the Springbok A defeating, or the Springbok, what do we decide, Nels? What are we going to call them? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Springbok A plus, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Or the Springbok A adjacent. I think hey, Jason, the one. That's the one. Springbok and Jason, I think, is good. Yep. Credit to whoever that was on Twitter. Uh, and uh, they defeated the Lions overnight. So that was a good game I put on at the, uh, at the clinic this morning to watch. I thought it was uh, fantastic. They were up by a fair bit at one point, and I was hoping they just blew them out of the water. It would have been just so sweet. But the problem with this is I like both the lots of players, but both teams, their fans are so arrogant. If they could both lose, it would probably be for the best. Oh my gosh! They, they the, are. the only takeout from that is Cheslin Colby, mate. Just, just oh. how good is he? He's unbelievable. He is just absolutely amazing. Mm. Hey guys, we got some treats tonight as well. We got some more slides, obviously, which we've been working away on. We got some good graphics, and uh, and the dessert song is all time. Nelson's had a brilliant idea, so we'll splice that together. Oh, mate, as well, spoilers! So. Come on, mate. We got, I didn't say what it was. Pieces, spoilers. All right, all right. You got to listen right. on until then. Without further ado. Uh, for the entree, we're going to review obviously game two. So the results went 26 to 28 for the French. I think we all probably know that now. So, uh, if we run through the tips, Kagi, why don't you start us off, mate? How'd you go? Look, uh, both weeks I tipped the Wallabies to win by 14 points. Uh, I might have brought the scores down a little bit from the first week. Uh, I had the Wallabies at 28 and the French at 14. Um, like last week, 28 was correct, uh, just on the wrong team. But I you know, I don't know. Do I get points for nailing one of the scores correct or not really? You get nothing. And Nelson? <laughs> uh, look, I, I said the Wallaby is going to win by 10. So I was the closest. But you did go over, so don't <laughs> win. And I went uh, the French by two, I think. I went Wallabies by 16 I thought they were going to blow it out And look, the French, credit to them, were a lot better So let's get stuck into the game on that point First of all, why don't we get into the best players or Who we thought were the key players So for Australia, we had for the man of the match For Is he the man of the match? Because we lost No, the Australian man of the match Marika Kodonipati Oh, mate, we can give the man of the match anyway, mate. We can keep our gold glasses on. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So we got these, we got some of his stats up on screen now. He had 15 runs for 182 metres, seven tackle busts, two line breaks, two disallowed tries that I'm going to say were tries, and, uh, and another try on top of that that he actually scored, and 100% tackle success, did not miss one from his one tackle. Mate, that's what you want from a winger, isn't it? You know what I mean? you got to... Got to take all the opportunities, even the ones that then get disallowed. But um, look, even though it was only one from one tackle, uh, 100%, mate, made a mistake. You know what I mean? So, um, now, how good was he, though? Seriously, we're talking about his wrists were getting sore. He, he took a knock to the wrist during the game. Mate, it looked like his shoulders and back were getting sore because he bloody packed the rest of the team up into his backpack, put them on his shoulders, and was the only guy getting anything done in the whole Wallabies team, as far as I'm concerned. God, he had a good game. Well, we, we thought he may have seriously hurt his wrist. And then next minute, he's catching the ball off a high ball and you're sitting there going, oh, no, this can't be good. And then he's just running directly into traffic. It didn't bother him at all. And then the next shot we see of him, he's limping. Like he, he had hurt something in his leg as well. And we still decided to take our other winger off and leave on Corabetti, who had two injuries 
and now we're starting in four days later. That's it. Yeah. They thought. They thought. Look, we, we'd rather have half uh, a Marika Karabidi than um, one fully functional Tom Wright. Uh, the way they were playing in that game. But uh, look, boys, you, you're both health professionals. Uh, clearly, clearly, it's all solved by just a bit of the magic spray and just tape over the tape already there, right? The wrist they just oh, yeah. went bit of a spray, another three layers of tape. You're good to go, son. And that's uh, that's science right there, isn't it? But you're you're missing the the clear. Fijian, we'll say Fijian, Australian, mate, cure. He he went home and had kava. He just had bucket loads of kava uh, and it's fixed everything. He, mate, he was having kava during the game. He was carving them up uh, during the game. Some of those runs, mate, like 182 metres. I mean, just... <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. This, this was just one of the most entertaining games with him in attack, I think, for a long time. He went. He normally runs 182 meters, but a good half of those are sideways. And this time, it was all forwards. It was amazing. Look, he, yeah. The other one that I love from that game, or actually from the first two games now, is Stan have recognised. Stan sort of recognised how good he was, and they've literally <laughs> made a video clip on Stan now. You can go and watch, which is the Marika Corbetti highlights from game one and two. No other player has been good enough to have his own highlights reel. And it's like three minutes 40 long. Like, it's not short. It's ridiculous. Mate, the, the, the team doesn't even have highlights. They don't even, there's not even a Wallabies highlights from the first two games. It's just the Corabini highlights, really. Yeah, that is the team highlights, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was pretty good. But look, all right, moving on to the uh, the French then. The probably, oh, we could almost give him the man of the match, but definitely. You could definitely give him the man of the match. <laughs> We're doing the man of the match. All right, all right. But... Uh, yeah, certainly the best uh, from Le Bleu, Cameron Wocky, uh, the donning the number seven jersey. He was unbelievable. So he came off the bench last week. Uh, certainly a promising youngster, um, and mate, he had an absolute. I mean, he wasn't the captain, but it was a captain's knock. Um, he just his work rate. <laughs> He played well, yeah. We know what you're saying, mate. He played well. Well done, <laughs> he played yeah. well mate. Work rate. He made 14 of 15 tackles. He made 13 runs for 62 metres, and that was the hard graph there. Uh, two tackle busts, two line breaks, four offloads, a try assist, uh, and he was an absolute pest in the line-out all night and bagged himself. I was surprised he only got one line-out steal, actually, according to the stats. But, um, man, he was just uh, – he, he was a rash you couldn't get rid of. You know what I mean? He was, he was in everything. So uh, what did you guys make of Wocky? Look, he's um... – He's concerning that he's starting again this match coming because he he was in absolutely everything. They have a lot of depth in the back row. And Cameron Rocky, 22 years old, he is an exciting player, player to watch for them. But they do have lots and lots of depth in those back three uh, forwards. I was talking up how much I was looking forward to seeing uh, Seku uh, Maku. Yeah. Makalu, Makalu, yeah. Uh, Seku Makalu, um, before the test series, um, just because from what I've seen of him, he's unbelievable. And uh, yeah, Waki, you know, getting earning himself the start again uh, in the third test based on that man of the match performance last week. So uh, huge. And yeah, um, and kind of what, would have preferred it to be someone else. And another team showing that you don't actually need an open side flanker these days, eh? <laughs> That's it. It's. Sorry, Nels, mate, your, uh, your positions uh, are... I've got a theory, actually. I have got a theory on that. Oh, I've got something there, too. Yeah, cool. I, I, um, sure you do, Nels. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I'm, convinced, that. I'm convinced that the way that Rucks are defended, the, uh, are refereed these days, if you're on the defensive side, you can do whatever you want. As long as you put your hands somewhere near the ball, your team gets a penalty. You don't actually need to be good at pilfering anymore. Uh, legitimately, I, I agree. You know, I mean, France clearly had the theory that if you're 1 to 15 or 1 to 23, just try to pilfer the ball at almost every opportunity. Doesn't matter if you're the second player in, the third player in, you're lying on the ground. As long as you go for the ball, it is good. That's all they need. Yeah. Uh, look, the super sub. We didn't, we hadn't called him in the first game, but I thought it needed a mention this week because the super sub was so damn good. Raman Teofafanua, I thought, was an absolute beast off the bench. He was just absolutely everywhere, super physical in attack and defence. I don't think I got to see quite as much from him in that first game. Don't get me wrong, he was still a physical presence, but, man, he was immense. He was Taniela Tupo-esque off the bench this week with the impact that he had. I, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't go that far, but, look, he was... He <laughs> I was, would. No, I'd back that, mate. He was huge. 
Let's be honest, he made four carries and five tackles. Missing you you can read the stats line all you want. Go watch the game. He was a beast. Yeah, that's fine. He was very good. But look at Tanila Tupo's stats off the bench. Line breaks, bumping tackles left, right, and center. Like, it is it is different. But he was very impactful, both sides of the ball coming in that game. And, and he's earned himself a start again this week. Mm. Yeah, he was excellent. Um, and I agree. I think, you know, I'm starting to believe that some players – are just better impact players. I think I think gone are the days of uh pick your best 15 players uh to be to start on the uh, in the start of the field. Um and there are some players that are just they're just better coming off that impact they make in the last 30 is huge. It should not be a new theory. Like, I mean, I know we've talked about it for years. Certain players are good coming off the bench and certain players, you know, they start or they're not in your 23. Simple as that. You know, you don't bring certain players off the bench. It doesn't make sense. So let's let's round out, guys. Let's let's push on. We'll we'll round out the the other players of note. Is there anyone else you guys want to mention? Yeah, look, just just I was gonna say just Jam Jaminet, the uh, the fullback. Um, I thought he was really great. Nelson, sorry, you've got his stats there. Yeah, mate, he got twenty three points, a massive one from him, like a, a really really good game, one hundred percent from the tee. That's eight from eight, and seven of those were penalty goals. That is that is big. That's the long ones as well. Decider, yeah, and that that final kick, a long kick as well to to win it from. Also, he just had a good all-round game. Six runs for 58 metres. That, that special stat, you know, 10 metres a run, three tackle busts and a line break. He looked really good. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. And we'll push on to the game, guys. Um, I, I thought, the, you know, the Wallabies talked about the fact that they need an early start, a good, strong start after they went down by 15 points in game one early. And they almost got that perfect start with Marika Konambeti, we thought, going in for a try. Um, at the time, I kind of thought that everything was going against us, every little call, and I was starting to get really frustrated again. And then Tom Wright absolutely drops the sitter, and just it was ridiculous that it never got called in the first place, to be honest. It was quite clearly a knock-on. And then when it didn't get called, I thought, here we go. Everything's turning up Millhouse. One phase later, I think there was a, ru- a ruck, and then we ran a long distance, and Mar- Marika Conambetti scores. And, of course, TMO, check, check, takes it back and takes it off the Wallabies. And it was just kind of – it was that moment where we went, oh, it was too good to be true. I think Nelson had 20 bucks on him at first try score. He was going hard. He was pretty confident. Uh, and so Nelson celebrated then sat right back down. That was, a, that was a big moment to just take the wind out of our sails. Yeah, look, that was that was brilliant from Corbetti. He created his own space and, and ran a you know a large chunk of that field all by himself. Didn't need to look for anyone else. It was it was pretty special for him, and it really is just disappointing that Tom Wright's basic hands and the ball bounce. I'm, I'm pretty sure he did as well uh, on other occasions as well. And he he just really didn't do a clinch simple thing that he needed to do. On first glance, I thought maybe it was forward, but then it looked like it, it came off his upper arm, maybe not his forearm or lower arm. But then, you know, after numerous reviews, it, it was just clear that it was too shite to let that try happen. Yeah, and I think, look, it was important. Was it only one phase? I think that was the... It, when it's so far back up the field, you know, you yeah. start thinking, how many? does it matter how many phases it was? Because it was something like 60 or 70-odd metres. I think back. you're only allowed two phases. I'm pretty sure you can go back two phases. Exactly. And I think, yeah. look, at the end of the, end of the day, I think yeah. you hit it bang on the head, Harry, in that, you know, it was a pretty blatant knock-on. And, you know, yeah, we're all happy for that to have been called. It's just... Not happy. It's frustrating, it's frustrating when, uh, <laughs> frustrating when it was called so late, you know, after such good play but my favorite thing about uh Corbett's run there was just mate he's like NASCAR he gets up on like you know when the road's starting to get up on an angle he just how he stays <laughs> he gets such he stays at such pace on such angles when he cuts back across the field it's like no one can stay with him in that it's just unbelievable so he was um, that was amazing for mine yeah in in the meantime as well Jaminet had kicked a couple of penalties so they did start to accumulate pressure against us in the meantime and they actually got out to I think it was 6-3 lead uh, I, th- I think it was at the time still at 6-3, wasn't it, guys, where we had our second try disallowed, disallowed. Marika Cottonbetti again disallowed. They called a cutout from Matty Tamur, who I thought had a, had a lot better game as well. But they called it forwards. And I, I, I'll be honest, I watched that one again before the, the, the show. And uh, 
I'm still not 100% convinced it's the right call. Don't get me wrong, it's a line ball, but it seems to be one of those ones where people look at the line, Timo looks at the line on the field and goes, well, it's quite clearly gone forwards towards that line, therefore we'll call it forwards. The review, they looked never at the kind of the wide angle where you can get yeah. a better idea of which way his hands are going. They looked at a, this like weird front-on camera view for the, for from memory and then said, yep, hands definitely went forward and they caught it really quickly. I just... I don't understand where the concept of momentum has disappeared from the TMOs when they throw these passes. But the weird thing is, that, like, it doesn't seem to do it on other occasions. There were numerous occasions, you know, in these last two tests that I think could have gone against the French where they've clearly, the ball has gone forward and they've let it play because of momentum. But this was one that they didn't even consider it. And to me, it was a little bit odd. I, I think, you know, if, if it was... You know, if there was no penalty back up for the Wallabies to, to go back to, does that change something as well? You know, like, it just seems like they're going, oh, well, it wasn't a try, but they're still down here, you know, borderline, let's, let's lean that way. But oh, I think it was pretty rough. And I think, look, talking momentum, um, I think we touched on rounding out the point of the, the Wallabies trying to get off to a fast start. You know, the Wallabies are a huge momentum-based mm-hmm. team and just having two disallowed tries in, those, in that first, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes, just really slowed us down for the rest of the game. You know, having having those two tries, that scoreboard pressure, would have just made the world of difference for us moving forward and just a balance in the game. So, not to mention yeah. the French went and scored one of their own fantastic, fantastic tries to Kagi's favorite. They got Peno Peno involved, and that was a pretty brilliant try. So, yeah, look, up. it's one of those ones for us. It seems to you know be common in these last couple of weeks. There's some people coming out and saying we've only t- scored two tries maximum. While you know these last two years for the the Wallabies in any match, but we created those opportunities. We just couldn't finish them off. That was great vision by Tomoa to throw that ball wide, and it was quite rushed, but it just wasn't perfectly executed. We are not far away in those opportunities. That scoreboard changes, and everything else in that game changes. So it, I think there's a lot going forward that can be liked. But look, I think the dark arts we touched on it. France have clearly realised you can do whatever you want in the, the rucks. So I, I don't understand for Australia why we are not reacting and doing the same thing. Early on in that game, I think we put some good phases together. You know, blew straight over the ruck, had some good quick ball. And then all it took was us to get a little bit isolated. France pushed the boundaries every single time and got away with it, which for me is something that's very smart. If the referee is not calling that stuff, you're dumb not to do it. Michael Hooper got one pill for himself that was pretty, you know, pretty suspect. I think hands on the floor, but I, I don't know. I don't think we're using that enough, which seems poor for mine. Yeah, absolutely. Look, and uh, speaking more positively about some of the good work that the Wallabies did, how about the role reversal from Taniela Tupo going to halfback to throw a cutout to Jake Gordon, it probably was a little bit of a harbour bridge, if we're being completely honest. But <laughs> nevertheless, through the cutout to Jake Gordon, who then scores the Wallabies try as well. I think it just first, looked up in disbelief, didn't he? He was like, "Did that just happen?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where did that come from? Thirty-eight minutes, and that got us back in the game, coming into halftime as well, right? We needed that. Definitely needed that before halftime. It, it just sort of gave, kicked us into gear a little bit. I think the last. Two matches, you know, we've scored just before halftime to sort of keep us alive in the game when we've been down. So it was very important for us. Yep. And look, ultimately, I think uh, for mine, probably the, well, the biggest moment in the match undoubtedly was that final scrum where uh, France got a penalty to then kick the goal to go in front with about a minute to go and close out the game. Uh, I mean, yeah, penalty on about the 40-metre line from the Wallabies 40-metre line and... Uh, Demba Bamba and uh, Tafifanuna. Oh, Jesus, did not. Oh, yeah. Um, who came? Who came on off the bench? The super subs, the uh, the bomb squad, mate. They they were geared up for that scrum, and they clearly wanted it more. Uh, they just went straight through Bell and Darcy Swain like a hot knife through butter, mate. It was it was huge. Uh, and don't get me wrong, that's a pretty formidable t- couple of blokes to be pushing against, but. Um, very well-deserved scrum uh, penalty. And, um, yeah, the boys are going to have to step up for that one. It's good. I can't wait for the spoiler of the uh, team list, but uh, Tupo and Demba Bamba coming off the bench this week. So that's going to be very exciting. Should be good to see. And, look, I think I was going to say, I think the last point to talk about uh, in this one was 
did we improve in this one? I think we have, uh, speaking after the game with, uh, you know, our footy group in our, in our chat group, um, there was some differing opinions for sure. I think Harry and I were uh, perhaps a little less optimistic than um, Nelson and uh, some other talking heads uh, or some other people who were wrong. But um, no, look, <laughs> uh, for mine, what, what concerned me about that game was there were times when I think we looked the most clueless we have looked in a while. So not just <clears> the <throat> first game, but even last year. There was a few times when it looked like, specifically, I'm talking about the back line here, just yep. didn't have a clue of what to do, particularly Noah Lilliseo and um, Wright and a few of the guys. They just didn't have the faintest idea. And for mine, it's when in doubt, just run it straight and hard. And, you know, you just got to get some momentum. But it was that <laughs> with just... It seemed like they kept running to a brick wall and they didn't have answers. And, and things like I got really frustrated. They did a box kick. We're on the French 40-meter line and we did a, a, an up and under, a box kick. Now, look, I understand yeah. there's tactical kicking when you are in the other half. So if you're in between the 50 and the 40, you might want to kick in behind and put it into the corner. But when you're on the 40-meter line, for mine, you're attacking at all costs unless you're going to do one of those tactical kicks. But a box kick, you know, it just, look, it, they're out of options. I, I think one thing on that for me was... I think we put more phases together in this match. There were some real positives with that. But I think we did look a little clueless at times when we weren't making those metres. I think it was the same last week. I, I don't think there was any difference there. I think the main the main thing that was separate and different this week was we didn't have that short kicking game. When things weren't working, we have a rush defence up. Let's put a little kick in. We just didn't seem to utilise it this week. You know, Paysami's opportunities that he, he took last last week weren't really utilised this week. Yeah, look, I, I, I agree. And it's such a hard one to go and actually judge what went wrong in this game because I, I, I agree with Kagi in that it looked like how our team worked together was the real issue. Because if you go across that back line, in terms of their impact on the game, I think largely you could probably say everyone improved with the exception of maybe Tom Wright, who again, didn't have his best game, but I think everybody else across the board played a lot better and our backs were definitely the weak point last week. Um, to me, I, I, I agree. I just think the issue was that there was no direction. They had three really nice kicks where they put so an attacking <laughs> kick in the back three from the French yeah. had no idea and we got some really good field position and we started to exert a little bit of pressure. But for the most part, we just looked like we wanted to fling it around. And I thought Tamua brought a lot of direction despite, you know, still copying a lot of criticism. But Noel Alessio, some fantastic skills, great kick under pressure, but he's just not organising the team at this stage. And I, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that by Dave Rennie sticking with him, that combination starts to grow and we start to see that improve. I think, I think you're right. Just in rounding that out for, for mine, um, not having Nick White or James O'Connor there, just the huge impact that was making. But it was as, it was as if, and, and Nelson talked up the French defensive coach last week um, or the last pod, it was as if um, they had all the answers, you know, the rushing up out wide, but also just it's like they knew where all our big ball carriers were running. The, the inside pass play wasn't working all the time. So it's like we just didn't have the answers on on every front in the backs, even the forwards like Valentini, Wilson, they weren't getting good carries. We weren't getting any forward momentum. Um, and it, it just felt like they, they couldn't adapt or change their game plan on the fly is how I felt. Yeah, look, I think another thing for, for us last, you know, in that first match was the set piece. If, if things weren't going well for us, we could back our set piece. And in this one, that's something that the French side really started to improve on. We won seven of 10 lineouts. Well, I think we were the clear dominant lineout team last week with a, with a few steals as well. This week, sure, we still got two steals from their eight, but still they were the, the more dominant side there. And apparently we only won two of three of our scrums which I feel like surely there were more scrums than that. That that major one at the, right at the end, and, and surely there were some more opportunities early on. But our set piece wasn't something we could rely on. We didn't do anything to stop that short, you know, that rush defence. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely some areas to improve there. And I, I think the Wallabies just need to continue to work out how to actually capitalise on the way they play, you know. Round one, the set piece, so good. Round two, Phase play is so much better. You know, we dominated the metres and defenders beaten, as you can see on screen, but we're just not putting the points on the board. And uh, I guess the solutions, Nelson and Kagi, I'm going to say you two, not myself, are going to give all the solutions in the main course. So why don't we push on to reviewing next week's game? Guys, the main course, obviously, we're going to be 
previewing round three, the decider, and how good are Dave Rennie to tell the Wallabies to lose game two so that we could make this a little bit more interesting. It is back at Suncorp again. We've decided from now on, considering that's where we win all our tests, any important game we put at Suncorp, we'll play the All Blacks in two or three Bledisloe this, this year in Suncorp, no doubt at all. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Why don't we push in and have a look at some of the lineups and some of the changes that we've got this week? So on screen now, you should see both lineups. And uh, Nelson, props on the French rugby team lineup there. It looks schmick. It's almost like you work for Channel 9. Yeah, mate, I'm, I'm waiting for the gig. Uh, very good. Um, yeah, kudos, Nelson. I was going to say, Harry, on the on playing at Suncorp, I think we can say as New South Welshmen ourselves uh, complaining about the uh, Queensland is perhaps planting some COVID down here for the having the first game moved. Okay. Up. We, uh, we, look, we'd go out and do our own civil duty. If, if it was one all and the last test was in Sydney, we might do our own civil service and make sure the game was moved up to Queensland uh, to Suncorp ourselves just to get the results. So, um, oh, yeah. Mate, up. everybody throw conspiracies out there and throw fuel in the fire about these Queenslanders, mate. Oh, mate, they've owned up to it. It's not even it's conspiracies, mate. It's just facts, straight facts. But um, look, without let's how about we just get into the teams? Uh, why don't we start with Le Bleu? Nels, mate, do you want to take us through? Yeah, if you if you're watching on screen now, we've highlighted all the players that changed. So there's some significant changes here. Seven changes, I think it is, to the the starting side for Le Bleu. We've got Enzo Forletta coming in to start at loose head. Prop, he's from Montpellier, and he's joined by Tapu Falatia uh, from Clermont. So we've got some new props yet again for them. Um, pretty, but- pretty, pretty massive to change that. Like Their front row has been very good for him, especially Gross, I thought it was excellent. And Falatia, I think... Awesome. I think it was his first game last week, and now they're starting him. And then they've got Walker, Walker, who uh, who came off the bench in game mm-hmm. one as well. So they've definitely lost a little bit of experience at loose head there. And uh, Kagi, you can talk about the rest of the uh, the reserve front row because I know you've got your your buzzwords to talk about how good they are. Esquadre uh, antibombe. I don't know. We've gone for an Italian accent, <laughs> French thing. Esquadre antibombe. Uh, the bomb squad in Francais. Uh, no, the the bomb squad. Demba Bamba basically is that. <laughs> basically, yeah. It's, it's the same as we talk about. Taniela Tupo is the entire bomb squad. Uh, yeah. Mate, I, I alluded to it earlier. Can't wait. It's going to be great. Yes, they don't directly pack down against each other because they're both tight heads, Tupo and Bamba, but. It is what we wanted to see. In game one, we saw Tupo come off the bench, Bamba starting. Game two, we saw Tupo starting, Bamba off the bench. And we finally got it, ladies and gentlemen. Both of them coming off the bench for those big scrums at the end of the game. It's going to be great. Another conspiracy. That is set up by World Rugby. This is That is a highlight for this one. And it's coming on at the end of the match, not even the start. One of these two are going to win the series. Oh, look, I think for mine in this game, there's two storylines I'm most excited about in terms of players taking and going head-to-head. Obviously, number one is Demba Bamba versus Taniela Tupo. Uh, and the second one, look, oh, these are spoilers, but just the the outside backs, the wingers going up against each other head-to-head this week are going to be phenomenal. I won't ruin it. I'll wait till we get there. But Settle down, Kagi. Far out. Look, uh, the now, second row, let's let's go backwards a step. The second row, you got Kazoo and Teo Fafanua, the locks from the first game back in the starting side. I thought uh, we've already talked about how good Tao Fafanua was in the in the first in the off the bench, sorry, in the last game. Hmm. But uh, Kazoo, I think again, are we uh, are we, are we sticking with Kazoo because that does not seem right. It's, it's, Bardo, it's, Bordeaux is a team, so let's say Kazoo. Yeah, uh, <laughs> is it Kazoo? Like yeah, yeah, like Bordeaux. Kazoo, but, but I like it. It's like you're throwing shade at him at the same time. No, <laughs> sorry, I wrote that. I thought it was like the instrument. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, you actually, sorry, the starting prop, the starting locks, and I think their most senior starting locks are Tao Fifafun Fanua <laughs> and um, and Garasi. Um, but he Garasi is injured um, last week. Actually, for me, I was going to mention it in the, the review, but they sneakily when he went, he uh, he came off the bench, Garasi uh, in the last second test. Uh, and went off injured. I think he dislocated his shoulder. And the French were sneakily trying to put put back on yeah. um, one of their their starting locks, uh, and uh, we had to halt the whole game and just get all the staff over there. Like, no, 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 hold the phone, mate. No, you can't just put back on one of his starting locks because you've got a lock injured. So they then that was the only reason that their reserve fullback Boutier actually got on the field because he didn't play a single minute in game one, and he only got on in the second one because uh, 
he was the last man standing available. So, and but um, so, yeah. speaking of speaking of bench locks, Craig's, you were very excited to drop your pun about uh, as a girl. He <laughs> is was, now back on the bench this week after starting last week. Did you think much of his performance? Look, Did he have a go? He's ha- ha- having less of a go this week because oh, right. he's coming off the bench, but. Um, no, look, I mean, I certainly I was watching him. Uh, we did talk up the, the hype train about him last week. I, I thought, look, for a first <clears> test, <throat> probably had a good test, but didn't wasn't ex, you know exceptional. Didn't stand out to, for mine. Um, maybe that's just because Cameron Wocky was so fantastic. And and speaking of Wocky, um, let's get to the back row. So we've got uh, Jalonch at eight again. And look, yeah, I I think I didn't know that much about Jalonch before the start of these test series, but he again was massive last week. Like he's, he's only 22. I'm pretty sure. He's yeah. I mean, he's, he's one of the boys from the, you know, the golden era, golden generation coming through, I think, but I think he's slightly older than the others. I don't think he's 22. All I know is that he's, he keeps every, every, every game I watch it, it seems like he's getting bigger. Like he's actually enormous. <laughs> I know he's very tall, but he's quite a big bloke. Definitely play number eight. Um, and some of the steals he makes, some of the positions he gets in there, God, he looks hard to move. So he, he's, Fantastic. Uh, and then, yep, so we've got in the back row, uh, Jalonch at eight, Cameron Walkie and uh, Dylan Croton um, back at seven. And, and we thought he was pretty good in the first test. Um, yeah. Well, Harry, thought, Harry particularly, I thought, thought he was pretty good. He's, um, he's replacing Ibrahim and Diallo, who got his run last week. But, yeah, Croton is a very, very good on-baller, um, which just suits how this French side is playing. Yes, they don't need you know, one specific on baller, but every single person seems to be able to do it, but he gets involved in the game. You, you'll see him all around the paddock. It's been a real strength from the French, their ability to not commit anyone to the ruck. They tend to try and have a full 15 defending, but then when they have a crack, they're very, very effective. And he's just going to add to that again, I think. Look, they, they've probably lost their best pilferer, Denti. He got so many pilfers in the last two weeks. It's it's going to be a big one for them to replace. And on the bench, you've got Alexander Bacogni. 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 I love the way you read that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get disinterested with pronouncing these names. Because <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just butchering them, and it's something that I've taken such pride in before. So I noticed, yeah. Right. Uh, I'm just going to pause for you to to to, to uh, say them from here on in. But it'll be interesting to see if they get him on. I'm, I'm expecting with only five forwards, there's going to be a fair bit of fatigue, especially with a few of these guys backing up. So it's going to be tough. They, I, I would say he's going to get some minutes, especially considering two of the back three have played 80 minutes. I think last week. Yeah, and he's an exciting youngster. I think he's. Well, I think he was twenty four, um, and I think we'll see the one played for Leon. I can't remember, um, but yeah, I, I'd definitely say he gets some minutes. You're right. It, no, notable case changing from a six two bench to to five three. Um, he's um he's, he's actually from Montpellier. The, um, wow. Yeah, but yeah, twenty four year old, one hundred eighty eight uh, centimeters and one hundred eight kilos. But he's, he just looks like, you know, potentially another person who's going to wreak havoc against us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, the backs, uh, Kuyo starting again. He had a fantastic game. He's been really good, actually. So, um, I mean, you know, we've talked about how, how good DuPont, DuPont uh, is, you know, potentially the best half, one of the best halfbacks in the world. But Kuyo has been fantastic. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he has been very good. He's th- surely throwing his hat in the ring as, as someone to be there. I think he has been used as maybe the third choice, occasionally the second choice, but he, he has been really solid for them. And he's going to be partnered by Antoine Hastoy. Yeah, making his, you nailed that, Harry, making his debut. And uh, I haven't seen a lot of him, but by all reports, he's a well-rounded fly half. So. He's 27, mate. They've got about 29 fly halves that are about 21 and under. So... I'd say this could be his one and only test unless he lights the world up. So I'm expecting him to run everything because he knows this is his chance. That's yeah. it. He's obviously he's obviously paid them to be like, look, I just need my one cap before I get a chance again. You know what I mean? Just, just, just put, me, put me against a tier two nation. That's fine. Like. <laughs> um, but then the name that... Oh, I saw, I saw sure. actually, sorry, we, we dropped further down the, uh, I know we moved up to fifth on the ladder, but we actually dropped down again because um, it's now one is South Africa, two is South Africa A, and uh, yes. you know, then, so everyone. Uh, and Jason, South Africa and Jason. Sorry, and Jason, and Jason. Um, yeah, look, and then the name we all saw first on the li- this list, you know, I, it, my name was drawn straight to him, Teddy Tomas. He 
is an exciting player. He's he seemed to be there forever in the eleven jersey. He's twenty seven years old. He's got twenty seven caps and fifteen tries, but he scored a try against Australia. Kagi, how long ago was this, mate? Mate, back in twenty fourteen. So. Yeah, seven, I think you're, you're bang on. He's, he's only 27, but it feels like he's been around forever. So we we're saying what's interesting about it is that I think the French, uh, unlike a lot of teams, it's very hard to hold down a jersey in the French team. So he's certainly been in and out of the squad all the time. Um, but, yeah, well, he was a name that when, when we saw him on the list, we were like, oh, damn. So um, <laughs> definitely part of what I was alluding to before about being really excited about the the outside, the wingers matchup uh, this week. So, um, I won't spoil who he's going up against, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, very, um, very excited to see him. Um, Turn this out, Craig. Tell us the, the uh, new outside centre, and then we'll. we'll push so we've up. got uh, Vincent moving into twelve, uh, and then we have Pierre Louis Barassi uh, moving in for a start at thirteen. He's a youngster. So he's from Le- uh, plays for Lyon. He's twenty three years old. He's got about forty two caps for Lyon and two caps for France. So has played before, but. Um, He's uh, a, th- a thirteen through and through. Just a try yeah. through with thirteen. Yeah. He um he's also a French sevens player. Played there for a couple of years, two thousand seventeen, two thousand and eighteen. I think he made his, his French debut at the Rugby World Cup, which is quite impressive. Against Tonga after Wesley Fofana got injured. Um, I think it was against Argentina. So he got called into that squad quite late to make his debut at a Rugby World Cup. That's not bad. So I guess whilst they're losing Dante and his um, breakdown prowess, which he has been prolific in, uh, being a sevens player, I think we can expect some uh, some breakdown work from Barassi as well. So it just comes fun. back to the fact that now the entire back line is going to be fleet-footed as well. Yeah. So, geez, in, in, their ability to counter-attack if Australia switch off for a second, it's got to be red hot, doesn't it? I mean, realistically, the, the thing we've seen from them in both these tests are as soon as they start to shift that ball wide and they're adding a little bit of lateral movement, they start quite tight. As soon as they start to add in some of that lateral movement, it seems to be that they keep getting around all our players. Yep. Uh, and rounding out, we've still got Penno on the wing, uh, obviously my favourite, and uh, Jaminet. Uh, going from an uncapped D2 player to three tests for France. And again, he played so well last week that he's obviously earned himself another start. The bench, I think we've nailed most of the bench. Um, anyone else there? So we've also got a new player uh, who might get his first cap. I'm not sure his first name, but Heretau. Um, Julian. Sorry, what's his name? Julian. Julian Heretau. Heretau. Um, yeah, 26-year-old center for Toulon. Uh, if you're playing for too long, you've got to be you got to have some some flair about you. So um, he should be good. He also played sevens, but a while, uh, quite a while ago, back in 2014 for France. So um, I don't know what to make of him, but exciting. They've got so they've got the three backs on the bench. They have again Boutier, uh, Hirato, and um, the the halfback. Hirovaran. Yes. Yeah, like there's there's numerous changes there. And if we if we jump across to the Aussie side, there are a lot of changes you'll see here up on the screen now. So we've got eight, seven, seven as well, starting uh, um, changes. So some significant as, as well changes as the on both sides. Yeah, yeah as, as well as that, that there. But look, I mean, the, the big thing for us, a name we wanted to see was James O'Connor. I, I think that direction from him has been severely missed as well as um, Nick White. Um, but he's he's had a little bit of a tweak to, to I think his injury and, and he's out for a little while again. Hopefully pushing to to get in back for the Bledders low. Um, interestingly, we've got James Slipper, Brendan Panga, and Mosar starting again in the front row with Alan Alaalatoa coming back to start, which something we we're all expecting for him to work his way back into the start, um, allowing Tupo to have his impact off the bench. We weren't sure which lock was going to start again this week, oh, but we just, knew they'd be joined by Darby Swain, who gets starting debut. I was going to say, just on that, mate, how good has James Slipper been? He's been unreal um, when he's been he's, on. He's a good player. Honestly, the only thing I would say to that is that we kind of expected it, like he's just such a gun. No, yeah, yeah. I know. But um, particularly, particularly fronting up against him mean, in the first game, fronting up against Denver Bamba, he was... Absolutely holding that up. Um, so now he's been he's been gunned. But um, sorry, Nels, you're talking about the locks uh, and who? Yeah, we thought they were going to rest one of them, but um, who who did they rest? Yeah, 
Oh, look, I, I think we were leaning towards, you know, maybe there was a chance it was Lucan Salakai Alotto. Philip had been good, but Lucan Salakai Alotto is the one who gets his, you know, the, the third start in the row with Matt Philip moving to the bench. And then we've had some. I'm, I'm a little confused here. Why yeah. did we pick a 33 year old? Is it 34 year old Sidaleki Tamani? Yeah. When we had Isaac Rudder, who's come back from Japan, who. Trevor Hosea. And Trevor Hosea, two fantastic options. Tamani didn't get any minutes and and is is so much older than them. I just don't understand. It's Harry, it's, it's quite simple. We're building for the future. He's he'll be, you know, a superstar in, you know, the he next one. He was there to train the boys, Harry. He was there to train them, teach them the dark arts he's learned over in France, Sidalecki. He's, no. he's he was there to be physically imposing at training like Teo Fifi and Noah. That's what he was there to be. A physical lock to hurt people. So they go, shit, don't run at the big lock. Yeah, he was okay. he was he was a he was a player coach basically. But um, yeah. no, look, I think it is interesting that they rested Philip, or sorry, not rested. They moved Philip to the bench and not um Lucan Salakalota, because Lucan's played all all minutes. He's played every minute of the first two tests as well. So impressive. Um, I, I still think that comes I think I still think that comes down to the fact that Lucan Salakalota has played all through Super Rugby and probably has a match fitness as well, to be honest. His conditioning is going to be a bit better. And very interesting to hear Nick White talking about the fact that. Often they say they play Test Match Tuesday. You yeah. play a Test Match on Saturday and another Test Match on Tuesday, but you only get one cap. So obviously the level of physicality is uh, is right up there that they think that they're going to be okay trying to back up and play that, given that they will then get a little bit of a break. But if we push on to the back row, I guess the big ins here, the first one is Lockie Swinton. We talked about him last week. Guaranteed to be fantastic for 15 minutes and then subbed <laughs> off for 65 for a red card. Uh, but, geez, it's going to be a good 15 minutes. I think we're all really excited to see how that goes. We'll see if there's any Frenchmen left the 15 minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, I, think I, I really like this. I, I think this is a game we need to see. Lockie Swinton, this is the style of game that he needs to suit, right? He needs to lift that physicality in the breakdown, in defence, and start putting some guys on their ass. And, and this is literally what he would be told to do. Try to hurt people, but try not to get carded. If you get carded, it's okay. Make it later in the game. Yeah. Try not to <laughs> make sure you take a few players out with you first. Yeah. And Isi Nasarani subbing in at number eight, Harry Wilson taking a rest. I think he's he's had another big year. So no, I, I think it's understanding of the why they've decided to put him back on the bench. You got Rob, sorry, out of the squad, whereas you got Rob Valatini sitting on the bench ready to come on for one of those two. Um, Isi Nasarani, I think, has been pretty good. I, I think he's started to find a little bit of form off the bench, obviously going overseas at the end of the year, which I think is rubbing a lot of people up the wrong way. So I hope that we get to see more of him, and I hope he has a big game here because at his best, he's an absolutely damaging number eight. He, look, he, he was not included in the squad at, at one point last year and, and worked his way back in after being told his work on it. I think he's worked very hard to get this opportunity and maybe that's why he's getting rewarded to get the chance before he leaves offshore, you know, to, to give himself that name, keep him in the, you know, in the chat, whether he works his way back. I mean, I, I wouldn't be picking him if he doesn't come back to Australia, but he's trying to make his name still known for, for that Rugby World Cup. So this is his chance. Yeah, I think last last year, mate, he was, um, he was told in no uncertain terms, he was coming back from injury, that he was uh, he's not in shape. Uh, more or less, if you remember for the series. But um, this year, no, certainly last week when he came off the bench, mate, he was making some fantastic carries, just the real hard graft. Remember I was saying there were some times where we looked kind of clueless across the park and that included the forwards. It looked like uh, it looked like the French just had their number, knew where they were running next, even our big ball carriers. But Nazarani, he just trucked it up and threw them. Uh, he, he made a few huge carries. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I think you guys are right. Uh, Swinto and Nazarani both getting the start. They're going to be really hungry to impress um, straight off the bat. So, And I also think they're both really good in the line-out as well. Uh, Swinto, I think, is often underrated his defensive line-outs. So um, I think that'll be really, really good. Yeah, rounding out that back row is Hooper. I mean, the man hopefully you mean rounding doesn't out the have team, to play the team or just and, rounding out the team, I think you mean. Just. Yeah, that's that's fair. But, but we'll jump across to some of these inclusions in the back. We've got Tate McDermott Ooh. after, I think, four times off the bench or three times off the bench, finally making his start. The aim was surely to have him there with James O'Connor, but he will pair up with Noah Lolasio. 
Um, we've also got Lenny Ikatao coming in at outside centre, shifting Hunter Paisami into inside centre, and another exciting name on the team sheet, Filippo Dalgunu. So basically, if you need to make a sub, oh, bring on a Reds player, and we'll give Lenny Ikatao yeah, Filippo. I'm rounding it out enough for a starting Tate McDermott, but um, no, no hey, so- I, I just don't. I mean, we surely we're going to talk about him more. The, the game's going to hinge on him in a lot of ways. Mm. Well, yeah, and look, the spoiler that I had alluded to earlier was, yeah, Felipe Dungunu coming in. I mean, that battle of those those outside uh, wingers, that's going to be unreal. We've got uh, Cor- Corey going up against Penno and uh, Teddy Tomas up against Felipe Dungunu. So that is going to be a hell of a battle. We just need to see the ball get wide. The French really do that cut, that rush up D where they they just stop you getting it wide. But oh, we just want to say, let the boys play, get get it out wide. And, way, and uh, oh, look, I, I think the last thing on those subs as well is that obviously Reese Hodge is coming in off the bench with his sixty meter boot. So we're expecting the game to be tight and Reese Hodge to kick one from sixty or miss actually on recent form to win or lose the game. Yeah. So. Oh, rough. But also just to cover the entire back line. So, yes, we've got Matty Tuamua there, but um, it's awesome having Reese Hodge there just to come on wherever is needed. But, um, yeah, yeah it was, I, I think rest. I said to you guys earlier, it was funny yeah. about, about Hodge. Um, they asked, I think Roz asked him, interviewed him uh, during the game, <laughs> why, um, you know, I can't, when are you going to be back from injury? And he just said, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm just haven't been getting picked. <laughs> Just yeah. a bit oh, so awkward, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. But uh, good to see hold you back. Yeah. Yeah, good to see. We've also got Jordan Uwalisi coming in on the bench as well. Yes, the Prince. Uh, the look, prince where, where do the Wallabies need to improve, guys? We've, we've talked about a few shortcomings. <laughs> what do we think? I, I think the first one for me we've, we've already touched on is that short kicking game. Hunter yeah. Paisami at 12, I think if he gets the ball in his hands a little bit more, hopefully we get to see a few more of those opportunities. I was actually surprised with how many of those he got in the first test. So I'm interested to see how he decides to kind of play his hand and, and if he puts a few more of those short kicks in. And same with oh, Noah yeah. Lefio, to be honest as well. He's yeah. going to have Ikatao over at outside centre, who he's a little bit more familiar with as well. So there is a little bit of combination there. I think it was something before the test series that, we recognised, and then listening to Dave Rennie talk about after the first test, they talked about a lot as well. So I, I think that's definitely an area the Wallabies will look to improve in this game. Yeah, look, I think that was the biggest one for me, really. I, I think Pace Army um, really has to bring that game back now, switching into that 12 jersey, take a bit of that pressure off Noah Lolasio. Um, it just has to happen early. I think we need to put in a few kicks, put it into the you know the pocket, into the corner as well, and that's what's going to start to slow this defensive line down, have a few of our bigger bodies running in tight, have Tate McDermott bringing those players into the game and it will create the spaces out wide. That work has to happen early on in the match. Set that tone to get these guys into the game for mine. Yep, I think those are both great points. My point's the same as last week. It's a real simple one. It's just line speed and physicality. I think last week, I think you could easily, probably objectively say that the French won the physicality battle. And like I said, they just made us feel on both attack and defence that they had our number. Uh, and, you know, we're a big momentum-based team. Obviously, if we'd scored those p- tries early, we would have been helping us um, in all that facets of the game. But I think you've got to come out here early and you've got to put them on their ass. Particularly, here we go. We've got an opportunity with a brand-new 10 getting his first cap. I want to see Lockie Swinton and Nazarani take his head off. Uh, I talked about it again a lot last week, yes. so I won't go into right. it again. But if you just hit him once or twice, I think last week I saw Harry Wilson get Carbonell once. Did absolutely nail him. But um, I said, if you do that two or three times, you just put that little bit of doubt in their mind, remove a bit of time and space, yeah. and they take a step sideways before they take one forward. So for mine, that's what I want to see. If you were the captain right now, you'd be saying that to him for sure. And also, obviously, Hooper's always the captain. But you'd be talking to Hooper as well and saying, mate, just hit him late early in the game. Let him know you're there and then yell at yes. You're saying oh. that Hooper's going to say to Swinton to hit someone late. That's no, no, what... no. I say say that to That's Hooper off the, scrum. Scrum. Uh, <laughs> off the scrum, Harry. I want Hooper to hear it. He's been a red card. Early in no, don't hit him that late, mate. Hit him a little bit late, rub his head in the ground a little bit, and then run off and go, it's coming all day, mate. Rattle the young 10. It's something that needs to be done. It happens all the time. 
The other one for me is I think we just have to compete 1 to 15 or 1 to 23 over the ball. I actually don't even care if we get pinged a few times early for going off our feet and taking the ball because yeah. I just want the referee to be forced to make some decisions at the ruck because we have not adjusted to actually attacking the ball at the ruck and we're just getting everything go against it because of that. And look, the, ref, the French credit to them have been good enough to take advantage of that very big difference in how the game has been ref this year. And I, I think it's a crucial, crucial one for Australia to get momentum because we have those fantastic attacking stats, but then the game generally changes when we start to get a bit, bit, bit of momentum and they get a penalty easily letting off because of the fact that we uh, yeah. just can't compete the ruck. An interesting thing for mine is you see it again and again and again, you know, throughout the last handful of years. If a team is going at every breakdown, generally the call goes against them. You know, they, they go, well, you're not picking and choosing. You're going for every single one. I'm not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. But it hasn't seemed to happen for France. They, they will hit four or five in a row and literally throw two, three players into them. And for some how the ball pops out and they're always given the benefit of the doubt. For me, it's quite confusing. Yeah, look, Harry's put a huge amount of question marks in our notes under the heading of attack that we left blank. Clearly, no one got to uh, how can the world improve their attack. Uh, no, look, and for mine, it's... Um, yeah, how, how do the Wallabies change up their game plan? When, when the French have your number, particularly, you know, they've clearly been trying to go wide, that second man inside play... Those things are just not working. Uh, I, sorry, I, I actually disagree play. a little bit. I actually disagree. I, I look, we made a couple mm. of line breaks from Tom Banks on that inside ball. Corin Betty almost scored a number of tries last week. I think it's just the last pass and the execution and support lines. It's a little things. I think mm. both of those tactics have worked pretty well for us. Well, I think. I think. Look, for mine, you nailed on the head in that last week we didn't have that short kicking game, and when they are rushing and cutting offside, I would rather that us put a grubber through than trying to throw that long, stupid ball over the top. There was once Penno almost intercepted it as well. They're just, they're forcing us to push, like make low percentage plays. And I think you have to choose instead to put a grubber or a kick through. The worst result is that it goes out and you've gained territory. Do you know what I mean? You've got to, you've got to weigh it up. And I think we, we they're trying to force us into low percentage plays and we need to, to turn that on its head. Um, so, I agree. but uh, do you guys have any other ideas for attack? Uh, I think we've touched on it, mate. I, I think we've literally gone, we need some of that physicality in tight and we need to earn the, the getting the ball wide. It, it, it is based around some control, control that we haven't had for 80 minutes in these last two games. We've had it in, in parts. We had it in that first game with some of those kicks that, that didn't come off. We need to bring that back. We will not win this game if we let their defensive line shoot up however they feel like it. Oh, can right, I give one, one more note on that? Can we not decide to run everything from our own 22? It was the Michael Checker days where that's all we do. We don't kick the ball last week. Far out. Yeah. Look, last for me is um, Nazarani. We're going to need him to get us over the game line, get us that go forward ball. And and the absolute last point is Noah Lulaseo. When in doubt, first of all, I want him to just bring the back line up. I want him to take a few steps forward. Um, and just bring all of the boys forward. So if that means he's just got to run the ball hard a few times without thinking of passing or any deception, then he's got to do that. But we, we've got to keep the French honest. And I think Lulesio, he's, he's, he's rarely choosing to, carry, to run and carry the ball, um, which you, know, you can understand with some of these massive French players. But for mine, that's what I, I want to see him straighten up a little bit. So... And for the French, how do the French beat the Wallabies again this week? I think they were very good crags uh, while we while we just wait for Nelson to connect back into us. They were very good last week taking their points on offer and, and so much of that was around capitalising on the Wallabies' ill-discipline. They only scored one try last week. How do they score more points in attack? Yeah, look, I think we're going to see much the same from them this week. Um, they're particularly when you're trying a lot of new players and stuff, it's really easy just to take the points when they're on offer and just keep building scoreboard pressure. Um, they, it worked quite effectively last week, uh, kept them in the game and kept them ahead of us, kept them uh, momentum. So I think, um, I don't know. I, I'm expecting much of the same from them, to be honest. Yeah. I, I don't know how they do get the ball more outside. It's like a few opportunities they've had have kind of been, it's felt like from counterattack. Um so I think they're going to play a fairly similar style, just try to overwhelm us physically with that line speed 
uh, and throw everything at every breakdown. So um, I wouldn't be changing much if I was them. But what are and your so thoughts? Much, so much of their attack as well has come from dominant carries, getting an arm free and throwing offloads from Wocky and uh, and the, the rest of their back row as well. Um, the other thing for me was surely they've got to look for an opportunity with Arthur Vincent, who is now becoming one of the linchpins of their back line, taking advantage of this new combination of mm-hmm. Alessio, Paisami and Ikatao. Whenever you have a new combination, there's always more holes in defence. And he's, an, he's, he's a young player, but he's an experienced, smart player who's back in what I believe is his preferred position. I think him trying to pick some gaps around that area and take advantage of that new combination could be a real opportunity for them as well. Oh, he'll be running at Lollaseo for sure. Um, he's, he'll have his number, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't know how like how they do get it much wider. We did see, got to see a little bit more of, of Pano last week and even even Jamine. Um, So, you know, it would be nice to see more of them. But uh, I expect much the same. We've talked about the bomb squad. Uh, I've forgotten the French translation of that already. But, um, uh, yeah, Bamba coming on, look, set pace will be vital. Uh, particularly in the second half, so yeah, I think they're just going to. I think they're just going to. Tr- their their, uh, their formula to win this game is to rinse and repeat what worked last week and just do it even better. And Nelson, final thought on this one for the preview: How did the French improve? How do they score more points against the Wallabies this week? I think there was a real ascendancy for them in the line-out. So they, they can play a little bit more field position, I think, in this one. Their, their line-out was a real strength for them. They they can attack from pretty much anywhere on the field. But I'd start to plug these these this Wallaby side into the corner, make us have a bit of pressure on our line-out throw and, and make us struggle to get out of our own 22, which we did last week, as you touched on, Harry. We, we decided we wanted to run out. So... For me, I think it's quite simple. You plug us into the corner, put pressure on us, make us make those mistakes. Yeah. And uh, that about rounds out the main course, fellas. Before, actually, no, that is the main course. I was going to say the dessert. I was going to give it away, but I won't. We teased it at the start of the show. We have our special change to the dessert song this week in honour of the French being on our shores for the decider against the Wallabies this week. And for dessert... We will give our intro song. Le dessert. Yep, I think that was about the amount of time. Uh, <laughs> brought to you <laughs> by Seamless Pilk Ice Cream. The ice cream that you eat once and then never gets replaced. No? Delicious <laughs> ice cream that is vegan, absolutely vegan for everybody, and it's Harry, absolutely delicious. Your evidence base, and there's some new evidence I think that's been circulating that maybe if you have pilk, you can't get COVID. Is is that true? Uh, it, preliminary it, studies, actually, power of three. I've had pilk. I've never had COVID. Nelson? Yeah, I've had pilk, never had COVID. Yeah, and Kagi. Well, I've never had pilk or COVID, so I'm the I'm wow. the control subject, I guess. Wow. Okay. Well, Wait, you, can tell, you can tell you don't choose the better, healthier version pilk because you're not in the shape of me and Harry. No, that's true. I cho- I choose ice cream that is um, not pilk. And once again, I would stress it's not healthy. Let's not call it that. It's delicious and unhealthy, but it is vegan. So without further ado, guys, let's push on to the dessert, which is brief but important. It's our tips for the week. So I, I don't know where we're going to start. Who wants to go first, guys? I think who, who hasn't gone first yet, actually? Me, I think. Yeah, the big the big Nels. Okay. What, what have you got for us? Are we doing scores again? Yeah. Mate, whoever's first can set the set the pace. Yeah, fine. Look, I, I'm, I'm going to go. A change of heart from here, from us. That's the... <laughs> definitely a change. Twenty five points. <laughs> I look, I think the Wallabies are going to win. Nice. And I think they're going to win twenty eight to twenty five. They're going to win by three, and it will be late. Right, so it'll be drawn leading in. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll round us out, Kagi. What are you thinking? Part of me just wants to go be consistent and go Wallabies to win by 14 again. Um, but more, more realistically, I think 
Uh, I'm going to say the Wallabies are going to get done by, I want to say seven, but I'm going to say five. I'm going to say Wallabies by five. Oh, so you said um, they're going to get done. No, that, <laughs> mate, please. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's no other option than the Wallabies are going to get it done, and they are going to get it done. Wallabies by five, uh, and I think Nelson's got a pretty pretty bang on with the score. I'm going to go a little bit less. I'm going to say 24 to 19 to the Wallabies. Right. And uh, look, I'll round this out. I think that it's not going to be that one-sided. I think two points is how all three of these games are going to be decided, which means it will come down to a last-minute penalty kick. I'm not sure if we're going to be behind and Hodge is going to kick it or if we're going to be behind and Hodge is going to miss it and we lose or win by two, but I'm an Aussie supporter, so I'll say Wallabies by two points. Uh, Similar points... So you're going to know what the result is by when that kick happens. If we're down by one, we're going to win. But if we're down by two, we're going to lose. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Without (laughs) a doubt. Without a doubt. 21-19 to the Wallabies. Yeah. Nice. Are you going to stand by our man, Reese Hodge, if he uh, he misses the kick to win? No. But if he gets there... Wow, so so it's, ruthless. It's going to be Taniela Tupo. Taniela Tupo is going to kick the points to win. They'll do the um. They'll they'll pretend to point at the post, and then Tupo will just quick tap it and just run it in. You know, for the uh, for the try. <laughs> yeah. so. that's right. Um, all right, guys. Thanks for thanks for another pod. Three in ten or thirteen days or whatever it's been. We'll uh we'll take a rest now, and hopefully we'll be back for the rugby championship. And look, the only last thing is heaps of rugby to watch on the weekend, mate. So, happens the Super Saturday. We've got Tonga, Samoa at 2 p.m., Fiji News, and the All Blacks at 5 p.m., curtain raising for the Wallabies and Le Bleu game three at 8 p.m. How good? I just want to touch on if, if anyone's got any ideas of pods that they'd like to hear from us, I've got a really you know interesting one I think that we'll have coming at some point um, over the next month or so. So we'll work towards that, some visuals as well, basically looking at the spine of different sides. So I think we've got some exciting things in store. Let us know if there's anything you'd like us to do. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. And uh, let's uh, let's see everyone soon. But before that as well, we should say we never gave ourselves a wrap. So please like this video, subscribe, follow, five-star reviews, nothing less, please, and share it with your friends, enemies, uh, acquaintances, everybody. Check it out on YouTube if you want to get blinded by the light coming off Nelson's forehead. Our, uh, game, our game plan is to be the new dick pic. Instead of sending random people your dick, from now on, we want you to send them our, our show, Draft Rugby Show. So that would be fantastic. Thank you. Absolutely. Nice.